Welcome to the Go Big Betcast with Dave, Boomer, Producer Skip, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Betcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Producer Skip. Yeah, well, they keep saying 2020 can't get any worse, and that's probably the my motto for my picks going forward. Skip, you're testing that theory mm-hmm. to the max. Also with Redcast Rob. Hey, listen, if you want to win, stick with me. I went 4-0 last week, and I'm telling you, I won in so many more other bets that I'm not going to bring up here, but let me tell you, it was winner, winner, chicken dinner for me last week. All right, all right. At least someone's carrying their weight here on the, on the bet cast. Also with Boomer. Yeah, the way this season's going, Dave, I'm uh, already starting research for the uh, volleyball edition of uh, the Go Big Betcast, so we'll start planning ahead for that. Yeah, that's an easy one. I just take the Huskers to win, and you know, you figure you're gonna take take twenty or twenty five of those money lines right there. I'm just waiting for that vaccine to come out to fix all my bets going forward. <laughs> well, if it's ninety percent effective, Skip, that would be pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Well, hey, well, Rob, since you're so proud of your week, let's start with you. All right. Well, we'll start with uh, Nevada. I picked them at sixteen and a half as the favorite, and that covered. Uh, Minnesota and Illinois, I picked the under of 62, and I, that was an easy win, easy money right there. Uh, Florida, Georgia, I picked Florida, if you recall, Dave, as a two-score winner in that game. I had no doubt in my mind, and I was right. So I'll just continue to be right on those. And then I did my uh, what I like to call my skip bet every week, and I just continue to ride with Kansas. And Kansas, in fact, uh, could not cover for me again, so... Winner, winner, chicken dinner. That would put me a four and zero. All right, four and zero. That is that is good. Beautiful. Let's balance out the uh, good with the bad. Skip. Well, uh, I went one and three. I gave four picks last week. That brings me to five and seven for the year. Uh, so I also had I had Michigan, uh, who did not show up. Uh, I also had uh, Nevada with Rob. So that was my lone win of the week. I had Virginia Tech uh, to beat Liberty by 14, and uh, that did not happen. Also had UCLA as my lock of the week, and they lost, gave up 48 to CU. But, you know, the way my year is going, it started pretty, um, pretty apropos. The first time UCLA touched the ball was on a punt return, and they immediately fumbled it. The next time they touched the ball, they basically gave up a pick six down to the one-yard line. So they were down uh, 14-0 real early with only giving up, you know, 26 yards to the Buffs. It's been that kind of year. Yeah, I I feel for you there, Skip. I completely understand. Uh, Boomer. Yeah, similar boat. Wasn't a great week for us. Uh, You know, Captain Khakis there in Michigan laid a big egg when everybody thought they should be better than Indiana. I guess the Hoosiers are showing us more than everybody expected. Uh, The Cincinnati Bearcats came through uh, with their uh, 10.5 point uh, victory there. That was pretty easily covered. And then, unfortunately, uh, lost the the evening game with uh, Coastal Carolina and South Alabama. Had the over on that. It started well with 17 total points in the first quarter, but then... They degenerated into the the Scott Frost playbook, and everybody got into the red zone and couldn't do anything but get field goals and fumble the ball. So they didn't score a whole lot of points after that. Uh, Otherwise, they were on pace to to do that. But, oh, well, that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I'll I'll join the 
the losers here. I went one and or oh and two actually. One of my games got canceled actually. Army Air Force that would have been a win. I'm, I'm certain of it. Um, and I, I also had Michigan. That was our lock of the week last week, and we've been proven wrong. And then uh, the UGA Florida under uh, Rob, um, I, I, I miscalled that one as well. Um, yeah, the funny thing was I actually had a good week. Um, I actually hit a like a fourteen parlay. I, I hit that Cincinnati ten and a half. I hit the Nevada game. Uh, had a Clemson total points that I hit. So I, I did quite well in the week. Just the the bets that we put down. Um, on the show did not come through, but you have those weeks, that's for certain. And then a uh, Vegas Jer went one and two. He lost on Nebraska and Clemson, well-known uh, losses during the week, and he won with Buffalo, the college Buffalo team at minus eleven, a little maction. That brings him to six and seven for the year. The Big Ten week ahead. <laughs> All right, guys, let's uh, dig into the Big Ten slate and start with our hometown Cornhuskers. Um, another tough loss there last week versus the Wildcats. We covered that in-depth on the Redcast. I, I think we answered about 50 <laughs> questions from our listeners, um, and uh, we're obviously hoping for a better result here. Uh, in Lincoln versus the Nittany Lions, it's uh, a three-and-a-half-point spread for Penn State. Is that right, Skip, at a over-under of 56? Three-point spread right now on DraftKings, 55.5, the total points. Nebraska total team points, 26.5, with the Penn State total team points at 29.5. It's it's sort of hard to judge the game because we don't know who's going to be starting quarterback at Nebraska, although I think we both can take our best guess by listening to the wins that it's going to be McCaffrey, but probably something some people are hesitating to bet on. I don't know if any of those, depending who the quarterback is, changes your feelings on the point spread and how you would bet if you had to. Well, I think Rob has an opinion on a Adrian or Luke. I don't know if I wait. Is Honky here? Because I don't know if anyone listened to our show over the summer, but um, Honky and I have always uh, had a few disagreements on the whole two a.m. argument. Um, and quite frankly, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm right because you know what? I really wanted Adrian Martinez to, to succeed this year, but. Um, after last week's game, I'm really hoping that McCaffrey is the starter. If he is the starter, I'm actually going to make this one of my bets this week. Um, I'm going to take Nebraska at the plus three because um, it's just got to happen at some point. And I think that McCaffrey with a little bit of consistency is going to end up bringing this home for Nebraska. So, uh, I would like to, to say the same thing, but I'm honestly on a wait-and-see approach to, for Nebraska. They've burned me. Too too many times they've got to show me that they can win yeah, one before I start losing more money on it. Uh, I buy into that that honky um, optimism a few too many times, and and it's it's quite costly on the wallet. But in his defense, <laughs> I'm on the wrong side of all these types of bets this year. You know, if you would have told me before the game that Nebraska was going to get 28 first downs. I would have been like, this, I'd bet even more. That's a solid bet. But to f- put 13 points up yeah, and 28 first downs, I feel like I'm on the wrong side of these bets where you're, you, you're betting the, you feel like you bet the right side at the end of the game. They just can't put anything in the end zone to, to make you look smart. And they just make you look dumb every week. Yeah, the Huskers can definitely make you look dumb, right, Boomer? Well, yeah, they've been doing that. Uh, 
to us for how many years of this podcast now, Dave? Uh, or the Redcast, <laughs> the anyway? So, yeah, the entire life of the Redcast. Yeah, the entire lifespan of this down. podcast. But, yeah, but this is a game I, you know, I've always said I don't bet on teams I root for. Kind of like Skip says, the emotions and positivity that we hear, it just kind of overwhelms it. And we don't know enough about Nebraska to know who the starting quarterback is. And it's really hard to predict anything based on that. And just so many questions you know, all around and receivers and who's playing where and all that. And then what mentality is Penn State going to have going into this game? They might have checked out this season. Who knows? There's, yeah, this is just – you might as well be week one for these teams because you, you don't have any idea what's happening with any of it. I, I wouldn't mess with it at all. So. And I think the one thing you could say Nebraska is going for it, I mean, despite two winless teams playing each other, Penn State seems like the more dead-in-the-water team of the win list too. I, I, I believe the Nebraska players are probably still more amped up to play. They've played less games, whereas Penn State has had some embarrassing losses and now got to go on the road and, and keep playing and what has be- become a very quickly a pointless season for them. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Another factor in my head is uh, Journey Brown, right? He just announced that he is no longer um, uh, able to play a very serious uh, heart condition. Uh, and, um, you know, is the players going to rally around that, or is that just another thing that's going to, you know, kind of bring down their motivation level and just their, their, their sense of focus on actually the task at hand of trying to win a game? So there's so many factors here. I would say that at least on the over-under, if you're a Luke McCaffrey fan, you might take the over here. You think we're going to score more points. If you're not that confident in, in Luke or think Adrian's going to start, uh, maybe you take the under. Yeah, I would hope um, they'd let me know if they're going to rally around him or not because betting on Nebraska is giving me a serious heart condition that I might have to retire from gambling pretty soon. <laughs> well, I'm still waiting on Scott Frost to respond to my email where I get to come into Lincoln and do the pregame fire-up speech for the team because, let me tell you, after Saturday I was so heated that I actually turned off my phone and turned off my Twitter and everything else for about 12 well, that's hours. That's standard cause... honky every Saturday, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should have seen some of the text messages between me and Honky, and I was like, let me come on the show tomorrow night. And he was like, yeah, I don't have time to edit that. So he knew what the language is going to be like. Yep, yep. All right, well, let's uh, let's go down the rest of the, uh, the Big Ten slate. Why don't we guys, right? Let's start with that Friday night game. We do have uh, Iowa versus Minnesota under the lights on Friday night. Iowa, uh, Skip, I think I still have as a three-and-a-half point favor. Is that right? Got them a four-point favorite now on DraftKings. All right, and what's the over-under? 58. 58. All right, four points. So it's been trending up a little bit for the Hawkeyes. Um, anybody with a, uh, a take on this one? Not really. It's still hard to know what Minnesota you're going to get. You're going to hear a lot of that from us, I feel like, this show. That's why we're kind of doing a condensed version. It's still really hard to tell uh, who you're getting in some of these games with covid protocols what kind of uh, practices have some of these schools been putting in over the weeks who's been missing practices really hard to keep up with a lot of the stuff this year and even more so uh, and I'll, I'll explain a little more in some other other games i have this year you don't have those beat writers there you know uh, that are in practices every week that are kind of giving you those updates so these are very closed practices and the coaches are taking advantage of that and not letting that information out themselves whether it's regarding an injury who's practicing how much they practice the week uh, whereas if the coaches don't say it like they don't in certain years you'd be able to hit the beat writers up and, and 
and kind of get a guess on how it's looking. But, you know, with the closed practices this year, it's a lot harder to read some of these things that you still don't know yet. You know, what you guys were talking about in Iowa, it does look like they've maybe settled in to a little more Iowa form last week, uh, where they their run-pass ratio and, and getting another game under their quarterback's belt. Oh, I was going to say, this is the kind of game where I looked at it, and after last week's analysis that I had as far as um, how Iowa and Minnesota were just going to be the two teams that, you know, and again, these were both, for me, they were both kind of, in my head, I call them pick em games because I had no idea what either team was going to be. But after watching both teams last week, they actually came out and played a little bit inspired, which surprised me because I thought at least one of those two teams would have at least given up on the season already, but instead they pretended like they actually had something to play for. Um, I personally like Minnesota at the three and a half right now. I just like Minnesota as a team overall better than Iowa. Um, I think a couple of Iowa's touchdowns, yeah, they, you did have the uh, punt return for a touchdown, and then you did also have, um, what you say, the pick six there on back-to-back plays. Um, but those aren't going to happen for Iowa every game. I mean, yes, we'd like to believe that their defense is that good, but I, I like Minnesota's offense over Iowa's defense in this coming week just from what I've seen. Um, now, Minnesota's defense isn't that great, but I also don't think that Iowa's offense is that great either. Although this is, uh, again, a team you'd be playing where if you can make something happen on special teams, you know, Minnesota's special teams are just god-awful this year. Um, so there's that opportunity for Iowa too. But it's a hard game to yep. read, you know. But both games, both teams coming off a win, seeing who can get things righted, I think. It's it's an important game for both teams, really. I mean, winner goes to 500 and the loser's 1-3 and, and kind of, might as well, you know, throw in the towel for the rest of the season. So, no, it's, it's, it's actually a big game, so it'll be interesting to watch. I don't have a great feeling either way, mostly for the reasons everyone else said. Minnesota's offense is good, and they've got talent there, but their defense just has not been. So what will Iowa do? The, if they're smart, they'll just try to do what Iowa always does and run the ball, and we'll see if uh, the Gophers can grow and take advantage. Yeah, so. yeah, well. Well, well, we'll see. I mean, I guess I would take the Hawkeyes probably that three and a half or, or, or four, but we'll, we'll see. All right, let's go on down the list. Um, we expect Wisconsin to play again for the first time in, um, well, about three weeks now, I guess, um, since the opening weekend of Big Ten play, and they're taking on Michigan, uh, <laughs> and we'll see where that's at. Skip, what do you have for a line on this one? Uh, we got Wisconsin, a road favorite, four and a half points, over under at 54. Yeah, this is another one that I wouldn't touch with a, a 10-foot pole just because how do you predict Wisconsin and how they're going to come out? They haven't been practicing. Uh, in a normal situation, I would think that you take the Badgers on this. Michigan's reeling, but um, just hard to read. That's what the sports books are kind of guessing. The last time they saw Wisconsin, they put up a huge route with a quarterback that looked really good, and Michigan has been embarrassed the last two games, so... You know, they got to make Wisconsin the favorite, but I don't know how you make a team. Is who, who's who been practicing, how many times they've been practicing. The coach had COVID, that quarterback had COVID, and they're going on the road. In any other scenario, why would you ever bet that team? But then you, it's hard to bet uh, a coach on a hot seat that might be gone real soon uh, on the other side. So complete stay away from me. If I have to bet it, I'd, have, I'd bet just a little on Michigan because... I feel like Wisconsin has done much of nothing. It's almost like they're playing their first game again, you know. Yeah, and we've yeah. we've come to realize Illinois is not playing good football either. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Rob, Boomer, any quick points? 
Yeah, I have a hard time with this one too, but um, after believing so much in Michigan last week and being the game that I thought for sure Harbaugh would come out against and, and just you know, blow him out of the water, he didn't. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, his hot seat's not a hot seat. He's basically tied to the stake and it's on fire. Um, I don't know. I'm almost inclined to go with Wisconsin in this game, but I'm not putting any money on it. I just feel like Wisconsin, just they just have a better team. They have their they're better coached, um, and they have better discipline overall, just consistently over the years as compared to Michigan. That's my opinion, and, and I just feel like even though they're missing the practice and all that, this team's not going to come out unprepared. All right, well, uh, let's move on to the next one here. Uh, Northwestern and Purdue, these are the Big Ten West leaders, Boomer, and a really important game, actually, in the Big Ten West. I mean, whoever wins this game is in the driver's seat in some ways, especially if Northwestern would because they'd then be at 4-0. Uh, Skip, what's the, the line on this one? Uh, we got Northwestern, a 2.5-point favorite at Purdue. 50.5, the over-under. Boomer, taking some action on this one? Yeah, I think I would. This is one I was kind of eyeballing. I, I do kind of like Northwestern in this. We've seen they're capable of you know playing any kind of game, any kind of ball. They're just going to do what they do, and you know basically a pick them at this point. You know, with two points or two and a half. I mean, that's a typical Northwestern win right there. Is a couple of points, and like you said, Dave, this is probably the game, the marquee game for the uh, the Big Ten West, which is of course what we all highlighted at the beginning of the season. This this natural matchup here between these two powers. But, uh, yeah, if Northwestern wins this, they're pretty well in control of the West. I mean, their other crossover game is Sparty, and they've got a lot to play for and a lot to a lot to do in this one. Purdue is, you know, the same. It's an important game for them, too, especially missing out on that chance to beat Wisconsin. So, you know, it, this is actually an important game, and I'm actually going to watch it. It's one of the games I have circled to watch this weekend. But, uh, yeah, I, I would put money on Northwestern on this one if I'm going to bet. And I kind of like, like what they've shown us, and... They just find yeah. ways to win games. That's yep. what they That's, do. They've proven that. Skip, Rob? Yeah, and I'm still I'm still mad at Northwestern. Um, that's one of those games where I came away and I felt like Nebraska was just going to win the entire time, and then Northwestern pulled off the win. So I'm still mad. I'm crossing my arms. I'm stomping my feet, and I'm not picking either one of those teams because, you know what, you know what the fake NU, I'm mad at you still, and I don't even want to pick you to win even if I might think you will. So Rob is not gambling with emotion. That's actually a good approach, Rob. Good, good growth here in your. You're, you're not going to hear the same uh, level-headedness from me this week. <laughs> All right, let's uh, wrap this up with the Big Ten. We have our favorite Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Uh, I believe they're probably uh, favored versus Illinois. They are six and a half point favorite. When is the last time you've been able to say that Rutgers is favored? I mean, it had to have been a while. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that at home or is that in? That, that is at shit? home. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, 52 yeah. is the over-under? You know, I, I kind of think Rutgers, I mean, I, they Illinois has looked good once, but the other two times have kind of laid eggs. Uh, Rutgers overall, even in a loss, has, has looked decent at times. So I, I, I feel like the, the Knights could cover this. What about you guys? I, I do as well. It's going to be one of my best bets of the week, mainly because there's also not a lot on the yeah. board. But, I mean, Illinois is just really hurting right now. I, I don't seem like they really want to play that much. I mean, missing your quarterback and getting beat every game, going on the road again. Whereas Rutgers, I think, you know, Shiano is 
got these guys playing. He's got he got a lot more talented people in uh, to play on that roster this year than most people realize. You could see they're they're a program who really wants to be playing for their coach right now. They're, this game means more to them playing an zero and three team where Rutgers can finally be the team to smack somebody else down for once, right? And they got yeah. a, a new coach there, some new players, so they're inspired to get up for a game like this where. You know, it's hard for Illinois to keep rolling out there, backup quarterback, go on the road and get fired yeah. up for Rutgers. Just, so that's just imagine kind of like a, a, Rutgers emotional... being a 500 in conference in mid-November. That's just a crazy thought. But yeah, right. That's what they're playing for. <laughs> I mean, you don't think those pl- those players, they're playing for that this week. They know they've they've been the, you know, the, the butt of the Big Ten and all of Boomer's jokes for many years, and they... So they they're not overlooking games where they can actually put something to an opponent for once every five years of most of these players' careers. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and agree with Skip on this one as well because, um, like, Shiano is basically the Tom Osborne of the Rutgers program, right? Like he's the guy that everybody loves and looks forward to. The last time Rutgers was any good was Shiano was the coach. Am I correct on that? If I'm I'm trying to go well, back. Only time. Yeah. Only time. We're going back to 1850s yeah. there. Yeah, a minute. Look, guys, I, I was trying to give them. Some, I was trying to give them some credit because aren't they the home of the original college football game or something? They've got it on their background. Their and they weren't stadium. good then, Rob. Yeah, I I know. <laughs> I'm I'm aware of that. Um, my point is though is that this is a game where Rutgers is probably going to come out. Um, I feel like they're going to blow the doors off of Illinois. Um, the over under on this is 52 and. Quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if Rutgers covered that on their own. But, again, this is just one of those Rob hunches. And um, I've been right so far. I'm not going to put any money on it, but that's just one of those Rob hunches there. Take it for what you will. It just seems like it's crazy to say I'm picking Rutgers, and they're one of my best bets, but it just seems like a really good spot for them in this game. Yeah, I I, 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 I actually right. agree with you on this, Skip. Yeah, I agree with you a lot. I mean, for for all the Big Ten games, this might be the best bet out there, I, I would say. Yeah. All right, guys, good stuff. Uh, hopefully we see all the Big Ten games played outside of the one that's already missing. We obviously have the Ohio State-Maryland game uh, been has been uh, canceled, and that's one of, I believe, eight at least, Skip, that has been canceled, uh, four or five of them in the SEC alone. So we are... Oh, I think we might be up to 11. I don't know. It's, don't it's growing it. yeah. by the hour, so this is a difficult one. Uh, we have uh, a smaller slate of games on, on Friday and Saturday to choose from, but let's head into our best bets. Betcast. Betcast best bets. All right, well, let's uh, see what our clubhouse leader, Redcast Rob, can do here. Uh, 4-0 last week, Rob, you have the honors. All right, so my first pick this week is going to be Nevada covering at 17.5 over New Mexico. Um, I'm just going to ride with Nevada until I lose with them. Um, I'm 3-0 on the season with them. No reason to stop now. Uh, Surprisingly, I've made up my mind I am going to take Nebraska to cover. They're only a three-point dog right now, so basically I'm picking them to win. Um, I just feel like Penn State's probably going to give up on the season. Nebraska more than likely is going to start McCaffrey at quarterback, and I'm feeling really good about it. Um, and I just feel like this is a game they're going to come out, and they're going to want to win this game. Um, I'm also going to take Fresno State uh, at 10 points over Utah State. Utah State is trash. I don't know how else to put it. They fired the coach after last week's loss, and 
Fresno State isn't a horrible team. I don't think 10 points is going to be a problem for him, and you can lock that in. All right, Rob, good stuff. Uh, let's go to Boomer. Okay, well, um, like I said, it's it's a tough week to pick just because of the limited number of games we've got, and who knows. Don't tell me you're going with No, no, no. We're just going to pick some games at random, uh, see what happens. I already mentioned Northwestern. Let's just go with Hydroxa and you. Let's see what you guys can do. Ball's in your court. You're, you're winning games. Let's just see what you can do for us. Uh, also picking uh, Cincinnati East Carolina going over. Uh, the over-under is 56. Cincinnati's cable turning out a lot of points, and uh, they've been good to us so far. They're going to keep scoring as they've got some uh, college playoff uh, committees to try to impress. And East Carolina can pack on some garbage points to that as well. So I think that's a that's a pretty easy one there. Um, another one just, just to make a ACC game interesting... Miami's not getting much credit against Vatek. Uh, they're actually a two-and-a-half-point underdog in that game. And Vatek's coming off that goofy, goofy loss to Liberty, despite Liberty's low you know, power rankings and all that. That, um, but And then they had that goofy field goal, which they returned for a touchdown, which should have won them the game, but got called back because Vatek called the timeout, and they kind of jinxed themselves. You know, that's got to weigh on their minds a little bit. And then, you know, Miami's a good team, so I'm going to go with Miami in an upset there. So even even as a top-10 team, they're still an underdog. So why not? Let's go with the Hurricanes. God, that's distasteful to say. Jeez. <laughs> well, uh, um, you guys are taking all, all of my best bets already. So, Skip, why don't you just go ahead and just wipe me clean off the board. What do you got? Um, well, I'm kind of looking at two-and-a-half here. And the way I'll say it is, well, I got Rutgers. Uh, at six and a half for one, uh, I'm just gonna bet against the Bruins again because their defense was horrible. I I thought against a backup safety that they would at least uh, be able to outplay him last week, but man, Colorado just had wide receivers open all game and put up 48 on them, and that was coming off a Bruins year where their defense was ranked 112th. And they retained their defensive coordinator, and that did not work out for Chip Kelly. That was a horrible call by him, and they looked even worse than last year. So even though Utah hasn't even played a game this year, and UCLA has, I'm going to take Utah by three against UCLA. I'm betting against that defense and bet against the Bruins. And so also I've got a couple games I'm looking at, but I, I got to wait to see who's going to be the quarterback, really. So Stanford and Colorado. Colorado's at Stanford. Still waiting to see if Davis Mills is going to be playing for Stanford. Their starting quarterback missed last week's game at Oregon because of COVID, and they've been tight-lipped to say if he's been going to be back this week or not. So that'll be something I'm tracking from the beat writers close to kickoff. Same with Colorado State-Boise State, the Thursday night game. So Boise State's backup quarterback is who they had to start last week against BYU. A good backup, a USC transfer, but he was knocked out in the first quarter. Um, So they had to put in a third stringer uh, who looked very terrible. Um, So if Colorado State is ending up playing against the third teamer and they're getting 14 points, I would bet on Colorado State uh, with the plus 14 there. Uh, But there's a chance... Boise State's original starter to start the year is going to play as well. So one of three quarterbacks could be starting, and they're not announcing it. They refuse to announce it. We don't even know who's practicing getting first-team reps. To my point earlier in the show, it's just a crazy year to try to figure out who's even playing. 
Um, but if you're willing and you've got that time to kind of 30 minutes before kickoff start sniffing around the beat writers, you'll you'll get an idea of who's going to start, and then you could check the line then. So if it's uh, Boise State's first or second stringer quarterback, I'm going to bet Boise State. If it's their third, I'm going to bet CSU. And I'm going to take Stanford minus seven, minus six and a half, if Davis Mills is back as well. So I've kind of like two for sure picks, teeter-tottering on a couple others. Going to have to wait uh, close to kickoff to bet those. Whew. Well, that's a lot that's a lot, lot to contemplate there, Skip. But that's and what this season is, man. It, yeah, that is kind of <laughs> crazy. crazy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe well, you're Those games will probably both get canceled know. anyway, and all that was for nothing. Yeah, that's right. I was, I, I was right. just going to say, well, that, you, you know, know, one other thing, kind of one of my throwaway lines from last week when we were talking about the Liberty game is, you know, Liberty was getting like plus 600 on the money line. So that's just another option for people that just want a way to not have to put a whole lot of thought into games. Just find a couple of those, you know, big underdogs. If you throw a few dollars down on them, they can pay off for you. So, you know, there's quite a few this week, like Skip Zone, Colorado State Rams. You know, you can get them around plus 400 or so. Heck. Like, for all the reasons he said, they could pull that off. So why not just, you know, throw a little spice into games? Yeah, a few bucks. A couple of bucks. Boston College is about plus 400, you, 425, you know. Maybe they pull off that upset with Notre Dame. Who knows, you know. Just something to look at. You don't have to get too deeply invested in those kind of things. But you just find those little value games like that. And, heck, if you'd have put the two bucks on Maryland last week, you know, heck, you'd have be sitting pretty. Woo. Yeah. Yep, that's right. That's right. All right, well, let me finish this up. You know, actually, I like a lot of these picks from – from you guys, I on my board also have uh, Fresno uh, taking the ten over um, uh, Utah State. Uh, I looked at Cincinnati uh, minus twenty-seven and a half over ECU. ECU's bad, and since he wants to put up style points, um, also like the Miami plus two against uh, Vod Tech uh, and the Nevada game. All of those are on my board. I'll throw up a couple others just to give our listeners uh, some other options to consider. Um, and I'll, I'll look at Kentucky versus Vanderbilt. Looking at the under, I believe I, I have it at 42. 42, yeah. I, I was yeah. looking at that today. It's that's, that's low, but these are two very good defensive teams that are offensively inept, essentially. Um, it could just be a really ugly, low-scoring SEC. You could have that as a negative so uh, over-under, and I can still think about it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then... Um, also, staying in the SEC, uh, looking at Arkansas, they're getting 17.5 points versus Florida. Um, Florida's proven to me that they're good enough to win this game by two touchdowns easily, but their defense has also also proven to me that they can give up plenty of points, and Arkansas knows how to kind of um, hang around in games this year. Uh, they're playing much better, even though their coach uh, has, has or had COVID. I'm not for sure Pittman's status is. Um, so I'm going to take those 17.5 points and see if, if the Hogs can stick with the Gators. And then um, go to our old friend UCF. Uh, UCF uh, has uh, needs to win by 24.5 to cover over Temple. And um, the UCF's offense is clicking again this year. They've got a couple of losses, but this looks like a, a game where uh, the the Knights could go out and just thrash the the Owls. So uh, taking UCF with a 24.5 point spread there. All right, and we got three sent in from Vegas Jer. He's taking Boston College in the points, plus 14 versus the Fighting Irish. The Minnesota Gophers, plus four versus Iowa. And uh, he's also on Nevada with you guys. 
17 and a half over New Mexico. So that lock unity is sure to lose. <laughs> Nevada has been really good to us this year, and um, we'll see if they can keep it up. All right, guys. All right. Well, I, I'm certain we're going to bounce back this week. Whenever you have a tough week, Skip, you're going to come back and, and kill it. And, Rob, maybe you're, you stay on a roll. Hopefully we're given some, some picks here that our listeners are, are making some cash on. I may never lose again. <laughs> all right. All right. Good stuff, guys. Uh, let's get out of here and call that a Go Big Betcast. Go Big Red.